This is Solar Spotlight, a special edition of Contractor's Corner from Solar Power World. Hey everybody, I'm Kelsey Misbrenner, Senior Editor with Solar Power World Magazine. I'm here with Eric Etchen, Senior Project Manager at RBI Solar, and Kevin Ward, Marketing Manager at RBI. RBI manufactures utility scale and commercial solar racking solutions in Cincinnati, Ohio. So Eric and Kevin want to just tell us a little bit about what you do at RBI further than your title. Sure, so I can jump in. Uh, my name's Eric. I'm a senior project manager, as Kelsey mentioned. Um, I have a background in structural engineering and was, had the opportunity to help develop the, our recently launched tracker product. Um, day-to-day, it's more of you know managing products and helping our team manage those products to successful completion. Yeah, and I'm Kevin, uh, the marketing manager here at RBI. I've been here for about five years now. I started working on the sales end uh, with the company uh, when I got here and uh, transitioned into the marketing role about two years ago. So trying to help the company uh, grow some brand exposure and uh, specifically working on new product launches a lot lately, which uh, is leading into this call with uh, the tracker system. Perfect. So as you might have been able to tell, we are talking about trackers today. So first off, um, Eric, can you tell us why installers should consider using trackers to begin with? Sure, yeah. So um, if, potentially, you know, if you take a step back and just look at the you know, general economics, you know, your economics 101 of supply and demand, electricity generation overall is you know, it's always going to be out there. It's always going to be in demand. It's, it's kind of what drives you know, our civilization as a whole. <laughs> so in terms of the demand side, I mean, we see demand increasing exponentially. You look at, you know, your revolutions over the years from steam-powered engines to electrical, and the next big one that a lot of experts are talking about is, you know, data, data revolution. So you have these big data centers, the management of all those bits of information, and the electricity is just increasing exponentially. So when you turn to the supply side, when you start boiling it down, um, the supply for that demand has largely been the carbon-based energy sources like coal, gas, oil, and then some of your renewables like wind, they've been around for millennia along with hydro. And it wasn't until recently that you started having more of, you know, sun capturing capabilities through photovoltaics. And that has significantly increased or, or exploded over the past decade or so. A lot of it from local and federal incentives, tax credits, things like that, that have helped that cost of development to diminish to where it's very attractive compared to those other renewable sources. Um, Actually, you know, over the next five to 10 years, a lot of experts project solar will be, you know, the main new generation component of the energy mix. So you're looking at, you know, wind and natural gas um, as the number two and three, but then solar really driving our push forward. So once you take solar as a whole, saying, hey, guys, this might be our prime energy mover. This might be how we produce most of our electricity. There's three main ways the the market currently mechanically produces or moves or or supports modules. And those are fixed scope ground up, where you're just constantly facing south, um, if you're in the north hemisphere. And since, you know, we're a U.S.-based manufacturer, U.S. is our market, everyone loves their home team, we'll just focus on the U.S. here. Um, And then... Next, you have tracker, which is, you know, single axis. It rotates with the sun on a north-south axis. So it'll track east in the morning, west in the afternoon. 
And then the third one would be more of a, a biaxial or, or multi-axial where you're not only tracking north-south, but you're also tracking, or sorry, not only tracking east-west, but also tracking north-south and really just targeting perpendicular to the sun throughout that path. So you look at those, you know, cost breakdowns for those three types of systems, um, you, you're typically 10, uh, 15 to 20% more than a fixed oak ground mount if you look at a tracker in terms of cost, but you're producing 15 to 25% uh, more energy. And then once you look at the you know dual axis, your costs are, are outweighing that extra benefit that you get with a dual axis. Um, so a, a lot of the market has been pushing more toward tracker because of that slight efficiency bump. Um, as the cost of all solar has come down, and most of it notably from PV module costs coming down, and then the mechanical structure costs coming down from p- people like you know RBI, the manufacturer of these systems. Um, people have been pushing more toward the tracker, especially in the northern markets. So from a, a fundamental of why install tracker, I think it breaks down to the market demanding it. And we'll probably get into this a little bit later, but there's a lot of you know commercial and, and private and utility markets that are really pushing for solar, solar and forecasting them within their development plans, whether it's political or fundamental or, or what's you know, exciting recently is the cost advantage. So uh, as far as tracker goes, you know, why install it? I, I think it's because it's kind of the future from what we're seeing in the research. Okay. Installers have a lot of choices when it comes to ground-mounted systems. So I'm sure a lot of them want to know what are some potential risks of using tracking systems? Yeah, that's a good question. So I'd say, you know, a lot of the risk, it's kind of like, you know, what, what does, what's the market aware of? And then what are we kind of seeing that people haven't caught up to or, or, you know, within the market? Because we have a really neat vantage point in that we own a lot of the supply chain. Um, so we get to see a lot of aspects of how these projects funnel through. And, and a lot of our close clients who we've had, you know, partnerships with years, we get to hear some intimate information on the market from them. So in terms of the you know more general risks that you know I'd say most people are aware of and are, are common are you know, tariffs. So um, we actually saw an increase in tariffs in 2018, I believe, of 30% on modules imported from China, and 80% of the modules we get in the U.S. are actually from China. So it it really affected the market on the whole. That tariff is supposed to step down 5% over the years and then eventually end after 2021. But doesn't mean you know more tariffs on steel and other imported products are going to affect the market. That's why, well, not why, but one of the advantages with us is we source most and produce most of our steel in the U.S. So it doesn't necessarily affect us on the pricing side, and it gives us that you know flexibility without having to you know move our resources to say Vietnam or some other you know country that isn't currently being having a tariff focus on them. So tariffs are a big one. The regulations and ITC step down, the ITC being the tax credit, it's supposed to step down 10% in 2021 and then gone by, I think, 2023. So you're looking at, you know, a big kickback or or tax advantage when you build solar and that you're kind of taking some of your costs back from the federal or state or local government. Um, So once that goes away, the 
hope is that the cost of solar as a whole will have already diminished or, or decreased enough to where it can stand on its own two feet and survive and compete, you know, with things like hydro and wind and, and natural gas. Um, so we'll see how those regulations play out. We saw early effects of it in 2016, 2017 time period where the ITC was supposed to basically end after 2015. So everyone ramped up their production, you know, signed a bunch of contracts saying, hey, let's get this done and signed on 2015 so we can keep those those uh, credits. And then 2016 rolled around and we basically renewed the ITC. So that's the good news, but that, you know, big spike in demand decreased some of the backlogs that we saw solar installation as a whole in the U.S. kind of drop in 2017, start recover 2018, 2019, and 2020 by looking pretty good. And then forecasted, you know, in the future, solar is supposed to, you know, continue to grow exponentially, which we're very excited about. But I'd say, you know, regulation IT set down, if there are any surprises that might cause that initial speed bump, which, you know, the market on the whole is, I think, fundamentally strong. So we should drive right over that speed bump. Uh, the other is more specific, you know, to tracker now are the maintenance and operating costs. So... What the research usually says, and a lot of our uh, clients are telling us, is 10 to 15 percent um, of, of costs are, you know, higher. I guess you'd, you'd allocate 10 to 15 percent more costs over fixed tilt ground mount systems. So those south facing systems, at 10 to 15 percent, would have to go to tracker for things. You know, you got mechanical moving parts, you got weathering the parts, a lot of the uh, field and environmental risk, and then just the components themselves. So the the mechanical failures or even the control systems. So now you're introducing electrical controls, which help drive the movement of these single axis trackers over the fixed tilt, which is just static and stays facing south. So with that also come the downtime, you know, risk and the spare part lead time risk. So let's say you were having a couple rows go down, you'd have to basically what they call roll out a truck. And hopefully you have the spare parts on site to replace any issues that are associated with that down row. So those are more, you know, specific toward production and your site being down. You know, what's your risk tolerance? What's your nameplate capacity of the site? How many um, rows down can you afford before you have to actually go out and start servicing the site? So we keep a very close eye and look on our downtimes and our maintenance costs and how we can reduce, um, you know, risks within our, our mechanical systems and electrical systems and improve the quality so you know, our clients aren't as concerned with those maintenance costs or downtimes over time. Because our goal, you know, as the whole in the market is to you know, get more cost competitive, get more reliable within solar, and really be that prime mover within the market moving forward, and hopefully RBI being one of the main suppliers, the trusted suppliers within the market. So those are, you know, three big ones. Um, then you have things like weather, you know, like up in the north, as, as trackers move north because of cost competitiveness, you start getting snow effects. So you start having to manage snow and make sure your rows are rotating so that they can dump or shed the snow. And that has to be built into your design and your engineering. Um, and then other weather like hurricanes, you know, if a, a wind event were to come along, dynamics has been a big conversational point recently and that you start getting fluttering because wind gusts come in waves. And if that wave's periodic wave timing matches the periodic um, 
bounce of your system or vibrancy of your system, then you start getting exponential deflections, exponential loads to eventual flutter failure where your whole system starting to bounce with the wind. So that's what you want to avoid or look for in, in most instances that, that you know, wind tunnel analysis has been performed, that the system's mechanically designed to any dynamics and things like that. And we, we've keep, kept a close eye on the dynamics front. Um, early on, we launched in 2017, right when, you know, dynamics was a, a big talking point. So we got to become very familiar with dynamics with local wind tunnel experts and get into their wind tunnels personally and just see, you know, how does this affect our system? How can we improve? What what architectural changes can we make to eliminate that risk? So I'd say, you know, things like the weather and a bit of the maintenance um, are bigger talking points that are going to start coming up just because trackers are so new to the market. We're only now starting to see projects come up on their three to five year operating period when you start possibly seeing, you know, those mechanical failures, those worn parts. And then a lot of clients starting to see, oh, okay, we do, we are starting to get down rows. We do have to start building that, you know, maintenance package around that. Um, it, it wasn't until recently, actually, I was just looking at the chart the other day that O&M um, started being counted in the job sector of the solar industry. So if you look at, you know, your stack up as the solar industry has continued to hire with its growth, it's primarily been installations manufacturing has been fairly steady and then sales and distribution has, has somewhat grown, but as a smaller part of the whole, it wasn't until really 2018 that O&M became its own chunk of that you know, solar stack up of hiring and jobs by the sector. So it's interesting to see that, you know, people are starting to come around more to the O&M side and focus more attention on it. Uh, we were just meeting with a client recently won't name any names, um, but they're, they're um, good friends of ours where they wanted all of the you know, maintenance data for the system because they have to build that into their finances now, which was exciting to see because I don't, you know, I don't know if we've necessarily heard those conversations until recently where, hey, guys, let's start financing more of the maintenance costs and, and maintenance out of it and operating and then risk from things like the weather. Um, I mean, how robust is your system? How does it handle through certain weather events so we can minimize some of these more structural damages? So hopefully that kind of, you know, wraps up in a long-winded way, the, the biggest risk, but those are kind of the ones we see. Yeah, and I'm glad to hear that you said O&M is an important issue to cover because we have, for the first time in our May issue, we're planning a special O&M section. So we will be looking into all those things that you mentioned. Yeah, absolutely. And, and it, it also kind of boils down to the install itself. So you, you kind of have to be very cognizant and have a robust QC plan in place during the installation because it's sometimes, you know, you miss torquing a bolt or nut. You, you start to see basically that solar gets its advantage in that it's very repetitive. And you can basically do it, you know, like an assembly line almost where you're just mass producing the same part over and over and installing it over and over. When you're in the field personally, um, you, you start seeing things like it's it's kind of like the truck driver on the road for thousands of miles. Common thing is they say they always start seeing dogs jumping at them. It sounds strange, but when you start installing parts over and over and seeing the same thing, your mind wanders. You start forgetting, okay, I had to torque that or I had to mark that. So having that backup, you know, quality system during the install is important as well. It's not just that the system, the product has to be sound. 
that the, the installation has to be technically um, there too with the quality as well. So in addition to sourcing your steel from mostly America, what else does RBI do differently in the tracker market? Sure, yeah. So what we do as a whole and what I believe is a bit unique in the market is that we offer more of a one-stop single-source option for trackers. And it kind of sounds like a a sales pitch, but um, we specifically design the systems ourselves in-house. We do all the engineering ourselves, um, all the material specifications and the, the material itself we produce and then check. Um, we so what's neat is you can come in the office one day with the design concepts, get it on paper, review with your R and D and engineering teams, and then have it made you know in the shop, which is attached to our offices that day, and see it coming off the line, see how it looks, see how it all pieces together. So it's really fun from that regard. Um, we also do the installations. So when you look at your service stack up, we kind of are a one stop shop on the mechanical side. Where if, if a client were to come to us and say, hey, I, I need a tracker or I need a fixed tilt or a newer product that's pretty exciting is the 4P. Um, so, you know, real quick tangent, but as module prices come down, people are starting to um, pack more and more modules into a site to, to get their energy production needs. So what you can do is you can go low tilt, um, do higher GCRs, say like our systems can do up to 0.7 GCR without shading. And really hit those, you know, those energy production targets without having the land demand or, or land costs that are associated with it. And that again kind of developed from our uh, single source perspective, in that we were able to design it, listen to the market, engineer it, manufacture it, and then install it, and control all those aspects, and make sure at the end of the day our clients are getting that quality, are getting that RBI service, and and seeing that everything from the start to end is being done professionally and well. So I'd say the last bit where we're, um, I'd say competitively, um, advantage is on our service side. So we have a very good team of project managers and manufacturing staff, and they can do some amazing things on lead time. So if you need a job, you know, in four weeks to start, whether it's fixed tilt or tracker, we can typically do that. I mean, I'll be Sometimes in the, in the peak season, September, November, we're, we're a little bit backed up, but we can usually turn those around and move some some resources around and get that done. So if, if you were to come to us today and say, hey, I, I want to see this product, we would basically be there for you to the completion of the job, make sure it's done right, make sure you're getting the right material and things like that. It's, it's not that, you know, you purchase it, that ends our relationship. It comes from China, which we don't do necessarily. And then, you know, the parts are wrong or short and then you have to follow us and we're not necessarily there. Like we're, we're there the whole time. So that's what's fun is we get to, you know, hear the feedback from our clients saying, you know, thanks so much. You guys are awesome. We love your, your project management and service team and sales team. Um, it's, it's fun to hear that feedback and know that at the end of the day, we're not just doing something, right for you know the world in terms of the energy production and having renewable energy, but we're also making our clients and customers happy and satisfied with what we're doing. And I kind of to jump in on that, that too, Eric, that you you'd mentioned earlier about the quality installation being kind of a big driver for trackers. And even with all of our systems, we actually have our own installation crews uh, that we use. 
all throughout the, the country to install our products and they're all trained on our systems too. So they're not, they're not inexperienced crews. They're not, um, first time crews for the most part, everybody that's installing all of our jobs in the field. If we are uh, required or, or requested to install our, our products, they are trained on our systems. Uh, so they know how things go together. Yep. Absolutely. True. Thanks Kevin. All right. Can you then walk me through what a day in the life of a racking manufacturer is like? Sure. So, yeah, we're, we're split up in that we have, you know, the office more service oriented um, building, which is attached to the manufacturing arm. So you can, you know, walk into work, say hi to all your colleagues and look out the window and then see your, your job being made right there on the floor. Um, it's, it's an exciting environment in that regard because you do get to see a lot of the pieces of the puzzle operating in one. It's also a, a logistic challenge that we have a very tight knit um, team that communicates very well and is, you know, problem solving in nature. So we, we like to have all those levers to pull and we like to see things get done properly and right. So and the, the culture I'd say in the environment is very exciting to work for. Um, you, you have huge opportunity, not just within the solar market, being RBI within the solar market, but also within the company. Now we're also, we're always looking for new opportunities, new ways to grow, new ways to advance our, our people and employees. So it's just the energy is, is constantly there. I'd say, you know, walking into work, you get to sometimes walk through the plant and say hi to the guys down there on the floor. And then you get up into the office, um, sit down at your computer. And then our general manager or president will, you know, walk through, say hey to everyone and just give us a quick update on certain things. So um, specific to the manufacturing side, we it's it's a high volume business. And we owe a lot of that to our history and that you know, we started in greenhouses, which similar to solar, it's steel or aluminum structures with glass attached to them. Um, and, and we've really grown our culture and our quality um, from that being, you know, over a hundred years or nearly coming up on a hundred years of experience in that industry. So um, our manufacturing is very, I want to say knowledgeable and mature and, and they can do a lot of amazing things from that experience and they're fun to talk to and learn from all the time. So back to the, you know, high volume, we'll bring in coil through trucks. It'll get staged. Um, it's, you know, there's big rolls of coil that weigh up to 10,000 pounds or over, and they get loaded on the machines that basically start to unroll that coil and pull, pull it through a machine, punch it, cut it, form it into the shapes that you'd see on site, the structural shapes that we engineer to. And from there, you know, they, certain things get assembled or pre-assembled to try and, cause we like to take labor out of the field, reduce the installation costs, improve the quality. Um, and then those will get loaded on a truck and sent out. So you, you look from, you know, the, the sourcing team to the staging to the guys actually manufacturing and moving the material and quality checking it, and then to the shipments, the our, our shipping department. It's all a really fun and exciting operation to watch and how they move and flow and how they've learned over the years to be most efficient and, and you know, catch things before they even happen. So... Um, it's, it's again, like we're young, but at the same time, we're very mature and there's so much to learn within the organization just from the manufacturing side. 
And I think one thing that's not to be overlooked either with being having all the design and, and engineer teams in house with our project managers as well as we we kind of have that uh, that that knowledge and expertise through how a project is completely developed and designed all the way through the means and methods of installation. So that knowledge and that 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 foundation has really helped us uh, to develop smarter, more efficient structures and systems so that we can actually deliver to our customers. So we're taking in perspectives of all the different uh, disciplines and groups that are involved with designing a solar project. Uh, all the way from, like I said, our, our design teams laying out uh, laying out arrays on the on the open fields, uh, our engineering teams to ensure that things are value engineered to be cost efficient um, and effective, and then for our project managers that are uh, over, overseeing our installation to make sure that we're designing and engineering things that we can actually build in the field uh, at a low cost for our customers uh, to to make jobs pencil for them. So having all those teams not only just in the same building but often sitting next to each other is invaluable. You're really buying the, the package with RBI, and that's what's kind of neat is you're not just you know buying a product. You're not just buying a commodity being steel. You're buying the service side. You're buying years of experience. You're buying that exciting energetic culture and, and that we hope to bring to our clients and, and just seeing these projects complete till the end. And in a way, you're buying a story. So RBI is, you know, we're, we're go-getters, we get things done, but we do it right, and we've learned that over the years. All right, and then to wrap it up, what trends are you seeing in the tracker market moving forward? Yeah, so some exciting new things. Um, Again, a lot of these, you know, I'm not a forecaster, I'm not an expert, but this is just from our purview, some of the things we're seeing. So the biggest one, I'd say, is um, solving the existing deficiencies within the market. So solar is great as long as the sun's out. Um, during those times when the sun's not out, it can't necessarily produce like a wind or hydro generating plant could. So battery storage is a big conversational point. And I think what a lot of money is flowing into right now. So the big names you might be familiar with are like Tesla. They're looking at you know, building bigger lithium-ion batteries. They've actually, I think, recently tried to source or buy their own lithium production field because they wanted to own that production. But I'd say batteries are the, the biggest driver coming up in that it's it's reducing that deficiency of not having solar at night. Um, you're seeing a lot of, you know, power shutdowns in California, things like that, where people aren't having energy. Just hypothetically, if we were to have batteries, the thought is, well, if we have stored capacity, we could power those homes during those periods. Um, more locally generated instead of the larger utility scales to avoid fires, things like that. I'd say the other part is consolidation within the market. So, um, again, solar is new. It's grown exponentially and huge over the years, and that growth has allowed us to get by with a lot of things. So as long as, you know, the, the investment money keeps coming in, people keep innovating and developing and pushing forward. People will keep jumping into the market, seeing opportunity. I think once we start seeing smaller, more efficient companies being purchased or developed into larger companies and mature a little better, having the systems and processes in place, we'll start seeing the service and quality side of solar improve. Um, it was a bit like the Wild West I've heard in the past you know, five years ago to 10 years ago. It's starting to consolidate and become more efficient recently. So it's neat to see. 
I'd say number two or the, the next biggest one would be uh, bifacial. So that's been a hot topic recently and that bifacial is could provide the next boost in modular energy production. So modules themselves, the PV panels, have a hypothetical limit in terms of how much they can convert sunlight into energy. That limit, some say, is starting to starting to be reached. So the next jump in efficiency would be having production on both sides of the modules, not just the sun-facing one, but on the backside. So we're, we're, we're keeping a very close eye on this, participating as much as we can in the conversation and the studies. But it wasn't until early last year that the IEC released their first standards around bifacial um, production and then how to measure that. So some studies have been coming out, which has been neat. The, the biggest effects on bifacial, just to kind of jump into this rabbit hole real quick, would be your, your ground surface or your reflective material. So some of the highest reflective materials, obviously, are snow or white surfaces like light gravel, crushed limestone, things like that. And then some of your lowest are things like dry asphalt, so black surfaces. Grass is somewhere in between along with, you know, sands and cement. But what you can expect to see with bifacial between a dark surface and those white surfaces is anywhere between a 5 to 15% gain in production, respectively. So um, we're looking into, you know, how do we develop sites better? Do we incorporate some kind of gravel with our installation crews below the modules? How do we expand our racking to provide more backlight? So reflective light to the back of the panel without blocking it with, say, a steel material. And then working with a lot of the manufacturers, module manufacturers, on what we can do for better mounting techniques and things like that. Um, so the other one is, uh, and this is pretty neat, I don't know if the market's necessarily caught on, but it's, it's starting to come up a lot, is the corporate investors and off-takers. So if you were to sum up, you know, some of these big household names like Apple, Amazon, Target, Walmart, Google, I'd say those are your big top five. If you were to sum all those up, they account for over a, a gig and a half of solar production or energy. And then a lot of those companies are also getting into data management facilities like data centers and those large facilities that require a lot of electricity just to store those bits of data like we talked about earlier. They are putting together ambitious plans for 100% renewable by 2030, 100% by 2050. And a lot of the penciled-in you know, um, drivers have been solar. So what we'd expect to see and, and hope is as the data revolution increases and as you demand more electricity, a lot of these private companies, or public, I should say, public companies are going to start providing money and investing in solar so that they can produce their energy needs. And what's what's fundamentally neat is that the cost advantage to them is starting to pencil out over other means like natural gas or wind or hydro. So they're really starting to focus from a cost perspective as well and financial perspective to their stakeholders and going to solar because it does save them money. So as things increase, we hope to start seeing more of these, the money coming from, you know, commercial side and kind of saddling our horse along with the, the data revolution. Sounds like some exciting things to come in trackers and beyond. So thank you so much, Eric, for your time and Kevin. And thank you to RBI for sponsoring this podcast. 
It's great talking to you, Kelsey. Yep, thanks, Kelsey. I'm Kelsey Misbrenner with Solar Power World. Thank you.